This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Ooh. <laughs> Even Houseworth <laughs> is laughing. Not too often do we yeah. get the news director <laughs> giggling. That's Biden after the uh, classified documents on Marla. How irresponsible. I was thinking to myself, how could you be so irresponsible? And I think he was probably. <laughs> I, I do think, though, I do think that him being asked that question when he was near the border, he probably was caught off guard by that. He certainly well, appeared to be caught off guard by now, the question. So, Well, this question was from a 60 Minutes interview that happened several months ago, right after the stuff happened. Yesterday, he was asked specifically, classified documents found, and here's another funny story. The Found at the Biden think <laughs> tank. Uh... Anyhow, CNN says, and CNN was actually the very first to, uh, to report this uh, story. So, so after you heard uh, Joe try to eviscerate Trump and how irresponsible he could be, the classified documents they found classified documents from Biden's vice presidency in his think tank. Let's move forward. We are going to be covering this more. Meanwhile, uh, and I think the timing is, is interesting, too, because uh, Joe's out of town. Uh, not just mentally. He's checked out. He's in Mexico right now along the border. Timing is weird. We're going to cover more of this, but some things happening around specifically Mid-Missouri that we want to cover here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Brian Houseworth, John Marsh, producer Hannah Steff is back tomorrow. My name is Brandon Rather. Glad you could be here. Former state rep, uh, Chuck Basie. By the way, I think the fact that he is running for a, 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 a school a, a school district school board that much deserves they very much deserve um, the reputation that they have. They have earned that, and they have consistently earned that. So I believe the reputation the Columbia Public School Board and the schools have they have earned that. When you have a former state representative who, by the way, chaired the education uh, committee, head of the education committee. Running for school board and all of the problems that we saw at Columbia, that's a big story. And then it gets even bigger. Brian, kind of needle the, the, yeah. the, the, the thread here for us. It, bottom line. It, bottom line, in about uh, you know, 15, 20 seconds, the district is saying Mr. Basie did not make an appointment by December 22nd to get into the Aslan building on December 27th. His attorney is saying that violates Section 115.127 of state statute, but that it also violates a policy of CPS, which we will get into. The district does not have him on the ballot right now. They have until tomorrow, according to Basie's deadline, to add him, or else there will be legal action. It appears to me this probably is going to end up in the courts. So basically, you have you have state law, and then you have, if I'm underst- if I'm hearing you right. You have state law, and then you have a school that said, but we have our rules when it comes to deadlines to register. Is that what's happening? That is, although Basie's attorney is saying their own rules violate their their policy, BBB-2, to make it even more complicated. All right. Joining us now, former state rep and Columbia Public School Board candidate, 
Chuck Basie. Chuck, welcome into the show. You're not on the board looking at a ballot. You are not on it this morning. Didn't come up last night. School board meeting. What's, uh, what are you going to do next? Good morning, Brandon. Are you with me? Yeah, we're we're with you, Chuck. Are you with us? Okay, sorry, I, I, I lost you just a second. I'm in my car on the, on the highway, but but yeah, I, I'm not surprised by them uh, not uh, uh, including me on their sure on their uh, process last night. I was kind of expecting that based on uh, sure. their lack of communication and what they sent me already. So because you I, had I, some communication, yeah, you had some communication actually from. The superintendent of the school district on when you could, you had communication, didn't you, uh, as to... Well, yeah, and, and he, he, the night before I was going to go file, the Tuesday the 27th, he sent me an email and said that somebody would be there, but he uh, he called me the next morning and admitted he, he made a mistake and that he was unaware of the procedure that they had outlined before he got there. So, um, however, he was there when they uh, updated their last policy. It was last updated on Valentine's Day of last year um, that Brian mentioned its policy BBB-2. And it basically, that policy reiterates what existing state law says about the 14 weeks before the April election is when filing ends. So their own procedure violates their own policy that they have on their website. And not only that, uh, a school district cannot write a policy that violates state law. It's just state law trumps, pardon the pun, uh, anything that they want to throw out as a policy. So um, I, I'm very confident that if, if we can get this in front of a judge in Boone County, I think I'll prevail on that, and we'll see what they do then. But. Uh, you know, the, the ball's kind of in their court. I, I think it's pretty clear that they're violating the law. And I, I think they're actually um, kind of stomping on my constitutional rights. And possibly somebody else that got on there when I did, that wasn't aware of that deadline that they had. There might have been somebody else, maybe a couple people that got on there and pointed the file and saw that and said, well, I guess I'm too late. I'm not going to worry about it. So, um uh, you know, there's that, but we don't we don't know that. But it's very possible that somebody could have seen that and and then said, "Well, I'm too late. I can't file." Uh, so, uh, Representative, I, I want to go back and thank you for joining us. By the way, I appreciate it, and I've read your attorney's letter. It's three pages. Obviously, he is Brent Hayden from Hayden and Colbert, and this is a short policy, but I do want to read it. It's just two. It's one, one sentence, but I think this is important. This is CPS's policy BBB two. This appears to me to be central to your attorney's argument here. BBB two says this. I want folks to listen to this carefully. Quote. Qualified applicants for the board may file a declaration of candidacy during business hours in the superintendent's office commencing at 8 a.m. on the 17th Tuesday prior to the election and ending at 5 p.m. on the 14th Tuesday prior to the election. End of quote. That is policy BBB2. Uh, Chuck, what the district is saying is you did not make an appointment. You didn't follow a rule, or you didn't follow something that was posted on the glass there at the building. Your response to that, and also to this this uh, policy I just read to you. Well, I, I think they're uh, incorrect. I understand their intent of having the appointment because if nobody had got an appointment, they didn't have to have anybody there on their quote 
district holiday, unquote. However, the 22nd, according to their official school calendar, was also a district holiday. Um, and they didn't say anything about that in their procedure. So um, I, I, I don't know what else to say, Brian. I think they're, uh, uh, you know, I think they're incorrect. I, I, uh, deep down, I don't think they want me on the ballot. They don't want me at these candidate forums. Uh, even if I do get on the ballot, it's going to be very tough to yeah. win, but I'm going to give it everything I have. i got a lot of people lined up that are willing to donate uh, campaign money. I might have got a few already. I, I had a guy call me yesterday wanting to know what my campaign address was. Um, but I'm, I'm prepared to, if, if I get on this ballot, I'm going to give it everything I have. Um, and uh, I, I, I think I deserve to be on that ballot. Um, uh, February, excuse me, April 4th. Former State Representative Chuck Bass, you're running for Columbia Public School Board, joining us here on Wake Up uh, Mid-Missouri. I think it is interesting. I, so when I first heard you were doing this, I'm like, that is a huge story. Then I heard when there's this confliction, uh, according to the Columbia Public Schools, by the way, the state right now in state law says there is no confliction of how to interpret these election laws. Um, that, that was an even bigger deal, and I am agreeing because... Again, I will say this, the Columbia Public School District, the reputation they have has been much deserved. Um, we, we know their, their, their history, but you told our news partners ABC 17 last night. They, and, and I believe this 100%. I don't think for a second you are being arrogant. They are absolutely afraid of you because of your years of what you've been doing. Columbia Public School District is in your district. Uh, you were chairman of the elementary and second secondary mm-hmm. education uh, committee and all that stuff. Uh, and you said because of what you know, two things. Number one, when I'm chatting with people like from Cole and Callaway County School Districts, uh, Randolph County School Districts, they, they, they're like, why is school such a big deal for you? Well, it's education. And because they don't have these problems in surrounding school districts. But you, you said... They're afraid of you because of what you know. What do you right. know? And, what? Uh, you know, I, I try to, uh, through Sunshine Request, try to get information uh, from them. They release some uh, documents to me, but then, uh, for example, they claim they're not uh, teaching CRT or other things. Uh, they're just calling it something else now. Yep. Yep. But, in fact, they are forcing the teachers to take training to teach it. And I have that training material. And the entity that they uh, uh, contract with to teach the teachers is an organization in St. Louis. And I, and I think, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's the NCCJ. It's the National Center for Community Justice or something like that. Well, I sent them a request on that wanting to know. I wanted a contract. I wanted to know what they were spending. They wanted me to pay for that, and I just absolutely refused to do that. I don't think I should have to pay for something as simple as a contract and a, an amount of what they're paying our tax money for to teach teachers how to teach critical race theory mm-hmm. to our students. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it is very inappropriate. Teachers are telling me that they're doing this. Well, you heard and I have yeah, yeah. information. And, okay, and I, so, and I know that you know a lot of stuff, and we're running out of time. Let me sit here and talk to you forever about this stuff. We know the famous slash infamous interview that the superintendent, who, by the way, got a contract extension last yeah. night, uh, his, uh, his very... Um, when he refused on this very show almost two years ago, would not give a straight up answer until we had to press, and he finally 
He finds, I have homework assignments on my cell phone from kids. So they completely lie to you when they say, well, it's not being taught. There's no, there's no book that says CRT 101. When you're walking down the hallway at Hickman High School or at any other school, Jefferson Elementary, or as it used to be called, there is not a, oh, this is class. They, they lie. They're like Alejandro Mayorkos, Department of Homeland Security guy. The other thing, I got like 60 seconds, Chuck, when, we talk about other school districts in mid-Missouri, whether it's Audrain County, whether it's Cole County, Montauk County, uh, in your time uh, in the legislature and sitting on being the chairman of the elementary and secondary education. Any other major problems? Because I don't want to make it sound like we're picking on Columbia Public School District. Uh, any major concerns from surrounding school districts in, in other counties in mid-Missouri? Well, not in Missouri that I'm aware of. I, there might be some issues in Jefferson City, um, but but the, the largest school districts in the state, Springfield, East Summit, Wentzville, um, Parkway, uh, they, they, there are other school districts doing this, Webster Groves, uh, Rockwood is West, uh, where Webster Groves is, uh, or the, excuse me, the uh, Rockwood School District is in that area, but uh, yeah, I, I, they're they're doing it. Um, they're just calling it other things. That's what they do. They get to clever and just rename things and, and keep doing what they're doing and hiding it from the parents and the public. And that's what I want to uncover. I think it's very very important. We need to stop teaching this hate because that's what it is. And that's just uh, a part of it too, by the way. Uh, it's not absolutely. just CRT stuff. There are other issues. Uh, State Representative, former Savard. Former state rep Chuck Basie and now Columbia Public School Board candidate here this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWOS. By the way, John Potter, who is a guy in uh, Columbia, neat story. Uh, he was the one that just as a parent started going, hey, kind of what's going on? He's, he's just a very kind of quiet, reserved guy. He is running for the school board, too. I think it's an incredible story. Coming up, we are going to be doing What's Hot With... Hannah, what do you have for us this morning, Hannah? Well, there is a police department here in Missouri that's making headlines for encouraging day drinking. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Morning, 725-ish. Ew, which means it's 727. Uh, Time for What's Hot with Hannah. I found a headline interesting this morning as I was perusing the interwebs. And it's a Missouri story. Love Missouri stories. It's out of Jefferson County, which is over on the east side of the state. It's where, it's where my dad lives. Yeah, like the Festus area. Hills Is it Hillsborough? So, Hillsborough, yeah. yeah. So when I grew up in St. Louis as a kid, is that's what we, we called that whole area was Hoosierville. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> we don't say that anymore, I don't think. <laughs> well, the, uh, <laughs> the county sheriff's office is making headlines because they are essentially encouraging volunteers to do some day drinking for them so they can perform what's called a wet lab. And they are picking up some volunteers to do some day drinking for up to two hours so that they can do their field sobriety test training on these volunteers and they're even nice enough to give you a ride home. They won't even hold you. How about that? Yeah, that'd be a bad idea. Hey, come here. Have a few beers. We're going to do some testing and stuff. And then you drive home on your own. It's not good PR. Yeah, no, it's not. It's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it's just been kind of blowing up a little bit because people are like, wait. This, sign me up. Well, that. But this sheriff's department wants me to do some day drinking? Like, 
Not something you see every day. This has been endorsed by the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. It makes me think of uh, who's the, who, who does the, the song Day Drinking. Is it the pontoon song? There's some country song that maybe uh, uh, Aaron and Kevin would know on our country station or maybe Scotty. But something about uh, little day drinking. That might be the title of the song. My dad, by the way, this is interesting. Um, we mentioned Jefferson County. That's like Little Big Town. Isn't little it? Big Town. Yeah, maybe Little yeah. Big Town. Yeah, Little Day Drinking, which was back in the day <laughs> probably the best kind of drinking. Don't do that anymore. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Individual or a single act that we will be defined by our collective, our deep and collective commitment to being a welcoming place for everyone. So one of the reasons why we wanted to have this communication and why we are doing this so broadly and publicly was to be transparent with our community. That's spokesman for uh, Mizzou, Christian Basie, no relation. Matter of fact, completely different spelling on the last name, no relation to uh, Chuck Basie. But there was a, um, something that got posted on social media and it had a, a racist thing in it. It was a Mizzou student. Everybody says, Mizzou, you got to do something. They investigate and they said, listen, this was a private exchange apparently between two people and somebody took that and posted that onto social media. Uh, there's, they have that freedom of speech. Um, it, Nothing that we can do, and no, that's not how as a rep, as a university, that's not how we behave. That's not how we want to be represented. Uh, which I think is it's silly to me every time somebody says, and I condone the actions. I know you got to say it, but if you don't say it, and then you got to say it real strongly, I vehemently deny. Not just I deny, I vehemently deny. I. I protest in the strongest terms possible. Not only do we have to say what should be very obvious, then we have to start put qualifiers on it. Well, I I I despise that more than the uh, the last guy. I think about Morgan Wallen and some of the stuff that uh, that he went through because of a word that he uttered and it wasn't used. He wasn't being mean. He wasn't saying it in hate. He was saying it with his friend, and I completely fall apart from people who say, well, but it's still a word. Listen, if I use a word or any action I do and you get hurt, and I don't use words like that. Most of us don't. If you get triggered, that is not on me. I'm not responsible for your feelings. You're, right? Aren't you responsible for your own feelings? I can say and do some pretty nasty things. I can say and do some really good things. It's like when you date somebody, you make me feel good. Even that... I'm, I'm not responsible for your feelings. You're not responsible for my feelings when it comes to people getting triggered uh, uh, about stuff. And people who had nothing to do with the Morgan Wallen thing, I can't believe he said that word. Which, by the way, he was using in a spirit of love with a friend out in the neighborhood. Somebody on a ring doorbell had to catch it. And you know what happened to Morgan Wallen? People went to his concerts. He had the number one selling country album of the year. His album was number one for a long time, so I thought that was great. Jerry, uh, Jeremy Macklin, by the way, while we're talking about yeah. how Jay cool Mac. was Jay Mac? He was, and he was, he was a good dude, as, as I recall. Now, I was not here in Missouri during his playing days, but I certainly followed him. What a good dude he was! Cool to see he's going to have a. Will he have a bust next to Coach Gary Pinkle? Don't know if it'll be near next to it because that'll be up to College Football Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. but I would say it's going to be probably very close. John will remember, but, you know, he started at Kirkwood High School, had an amazing career there, just two years at Mizzou, 07 and 08, and they won the Big 12 North both years. 
and ran into Oklahoma and Bobby Stoops. I mean, if they had gotten it, actually, what people forget about the 07 team, and by the way, he still had the all-purpose record yards mm-hmm. those two years. If they had beaten Oklahoma in 2007 in the Big 12 championship game, Mizzou would have played in the national championship that year. They were actually, at the time, I've never seen it in my lifetime, but once, it was one week, they were number one in the land for a week. I remember that. I was in Idaho. I came down from the mountains because I couldn't even, I didn't have dish, and I could not get a satellite. Mm -hmm. I had to come down to the valley so I could watch that game. We were ranked number one. We and lost it. My favorite Mizzou story, doing a a Christmas parade in Pensacola, Florida. You talk about that is the heart, the (laughs) armpit, the brain. That is the everything, really, of the SEC, even though there's no school in Pensacola. You are surrounded by Alabama, Georgia, uh, Auburn, Ole Miss, uh, Florida Gators, and it's Pensacola, Florida. Carolina's not terribly far either. Right. Mississippi State. And me and a friend of mine, his name is Cooper Davis. He happened to be from Kansas City. We're doing a parade. We keep ducking out of the parade. We keep leaving the parade so we could duck into these sports bars along the parade route so we can catch the score. Finally, we're done with the parade. And here's me and my best friend in the heart of SEC country cheering on Mizzou in the SEC, one of the SEC. Did they play in one or two SEC championship games? It would have been two, 2013 and 14. Two years in a row. Yes. 2013 was the year. Auburn. Sit in a bar in Southeast country. Ooh. In honest to goodness, Southeast. Oh, yeah. uh, Southeast country. And, and... Root for the opposing team. <laughs> Uncomfortable. And there, were, and there were probably some Auburn fans in there that day, but that was that was a tough, tough, uh, tough remember, game. I remember J Mac when they were in the Cotton Bowl back in what season was that, Brian? Oh eight, oh, I guess. Been, oh, oh seven, oh eight, oh seven. Yeah, if I'm, go- it would have been the Cotton Bowl, I believe. Yes, oh seven. It would have been oh seven. Did uh, maybe January of oh eight, but yes, it was the oh seven season. By the way, NCAA championship uh, game last night. What was it, like one hundred eighty two to three? Is that sixty five to seven? But it was, it was just, it was just a you know all dogs, no yeah. frogs. And you know the amazing thing is, outside of Ohio State, Mizzou had a chance to beat them and and was up in the late in the fourth quarter uh, in October. It was heartbreaking. Mizzou had a chance to beat them and actually played them very, very well because they blitzed Stetson Bennett. So Mizzou should be ranked. Uh, we should be, you know, for the team, the one team this year that really gave Georgia a run for their money. It's Mizzou, right? They did, and then Ohio State in the semifinal, but certainly last night, and they could have they could have run the score up more. And I want to ask this real quick. Did anybody, I'm one of those when people say, oh, and somebody ran the score up at the end of the game. Usually I'm like, you know what, that's football. Coaches can do what they want. If I were a coach of a football team, it's not something I would do. Does anybody feel like Georgia really ran up the score? Or is it, mate, that's that's what happens. It's football. It's sports. That's the way it goes. Stetson Bennett was on fire. Yeah, I guess he just, hey, man, let's pad those, uh, let's pad those tests. I don't, I, I don't know what it was, but part of me, because so even in third quarter, I'm like, okay, do, do you back down uh, a little bit? I didn't see the game. Maybe some of those points at the tail end of the game, maybe they were defensive points. I don't know what happened. Maybe me personally, as a coach, I would have pulled back. But did anybody like, oh, 
Come on, man. That's a little much. I, you know, I would have had Bennett out of the game earlier for a couple of reasons. Number, and I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think they ran up the score because okay. they did have backups No, I in. think they did run up the they, score. They, they, yeah. <laughs> but I do But I'm think, okay with it, is what I'm saying. But a lot of those were back. I mean, they were handing the ball off and there was nobody there to, I mean, it was just, the tackling was non-existent. It just yeah. was not, okay. a, not a great game. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, there's an interesting story. This is a really, really good story. Uh, it was featured in the Jefferson City News Tribune. Uh, and it has to do with, uh, and what are we calling it this week? This week, John, is it affordable housing? Is it still employee development? Some, something about workforce. <laughs> Don't call it lower income. There is a really, really good article in the Jefferson City News Tribune. This affects a lot of people, but I did promise them. Hannah's got a great story. What's hot with Hannah? What's hot with Hannah? We do it every morning, 725. It's just kind of, you know, interesting stuff. So when you do happy hour tonight, you hear Hannah on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. She was talking about an odd request from a police department or the sheriff's department. Yeah, the uh, Jefferson County, Missouri Sheriff's Department was asking for volunteers to come day drink at the police station so that they could do so, like field sobriety test training for their officers. So you could go and drink for two hours and participate in their training, and they'd even give you a ride home. I wonder, did they give you, was it free booze, open bar? I wonder, did, or did they? I believe it was free, yeah. How about that? Uh, so this reminded me from uh, from Jefferson County yesterday, and this is just an excuse to play some audio of my dad who comes in and, and hosts on the show from time to time. My dad, who is uh, quickly becoming better at some of the 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 the, the, the technical and social media stuff than I am, and he's 73 or something. I mean, it's not hard. It's not that big of an accomplishment, Brandon. <laughs> um, he sent me this video, and he said <laughs> my stepbrother wanted him, uh, gave, handed him his AR-15 and says, unload this drum mag. So it's my dad shooting, which, okay, whatever, but the best part it's just kind of at the end, and this goes on for a while, but at the end of this. <laughs> you hear my dad giggling back? <laughs> like a little kid. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri's producer, Hannah John Marsh, Brian Houseworth, I'm Brandon Rathard. Stephanie Bell is back here tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited for uh, for that article, Jefferson City News Tribune, and I think uh, we've done a good job of, of covering this over the past few months. Uh, but it talks about the, uh, you know, is it affordable housing? What is it? But um, the, uh, the, the writer did a good story. They talk about the number of letters and people the opposition for and the opposition against. And it's a fairly lengthy story. Basically, this is about an equal number of individuals, businesses, and governments provided letters of support for different projects, um, and then a lot of opposition. But if you get a chance, and the gist of the article, like, here's these people, this is why they're against it, and these are the people that are, are for it. And this gets to, because we have some big employers, John, and they're trying to bring in people to work, and these people can't find places to live. And I think... Do you get the sense everybody's in agreement on that? Yes, we need some housing. We've got some significant employers here. They need workers here in Cole County. So we got to have some places for them to live. I think everybody agrees on that, right? And the lack of housing? 
Yeah, I just think it comes back to something and probably many of us would be guilty of. Sounds great. Not in my backyard. And that's my big takeaway um, from this. But if you get a chance, um, it's letters. It's titled Letters About Workforce Housing Show Communities Divide. It's in the Jefferson City News Tribune. Definitely worth a uh, worth. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Is election denialism a new U.S. export? Oh, gosh. CNN following what happened in Brazil with supporters of uh, Bolsonaro there after supporters went into the uh, capital, whatever word you want to put on it. Of course, uh, immediately, Hannah almost lost a bunch of money on that bet when I called over the weekend and said, how long is it going to be before they start comparing what's happening right now to G? Oh, never mind. They're doing it. There it is. There it is. So now, uh, CNN yesterday uh, when they're talking about this, uh, that is uh, Jim Shudo going, uh, is election denialism now the latest export for the United States of America? Uh, and I, I, I think he thought he was being serious, Marsh. I don't know if you heard that, but that's, that's the impression I got. Like, he wasn't trying to be funny. Like, he thought he was, uh, he was being on it. Welcome into the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Every year, uh, John Marsh, producer Hannah, is here. Uh, and then coming up at 810, guess who else is going to be here? Trey Fauche. Trey Fauche is a, uh, he's 20 years old. He is president of Mizzou College Republicans. Uh, and, and I like it when we chat with this guy. We need younger people, uh, to, to, to jump onto. We call them conservative beliefs and ideas and values. They're not even conservative American beliefs, values, and ideas. I like to call them American beliefs. Values and ideas, not just conservative. I really believe that. We talk about these conservative beliefs. They're, they're simply American beliefs. You know, as less government as possible. Work hard. Take care of your own. Stay out of my business. I will help on the private end. I will help my fellow man, but I'm going to do it on the private end. Okay? You're not going to make me uh, do it. And those are just good American ideas, not just conservative ideas. Anyhow, you all every year. I got sidetracked. Where was I going with that? I have no How idea. How did I start there? Anybody remember? Anyhow, every year U Haul comes out with uh, states based on the number of moving vans that U Haul has. And there's some other moving companies that do this, but they keep track. When it comes to U Haul trucks that get rented, how many trucks are leaving this state and which states are they going to? It's kind of interesting. And they highlight some of the top states. These are the states where most people are going every year. And I'll read just a couple uh, uh, of them. Texas, number one, state with the largest population growth. Uh, Florida is number two. Uh, Tennessee is in there. Idaho is also in the top ten, always is. So it's kind of interesting. Texas and Florida, who are not always one and two, a lot of years has been Idaho, where you get states like Montana, you get western states is typically number one. But it, I think it's easy, John, and maybe I'm stretching here, and I'll own it if I am. Do you think I'm stretching to say, huh, there's political implications to Texas and Florida? And U-Haul 
U-Haul does know. This is straight from the U-Haul website. They talk about the growth, especially of Texas and Florida, since the government pandemic that began in 2020. Remember the government pandemic? You had people all across the country and even here in mid-Missouri. You are going to do this. You can't do that. We're going to completely ruin your livelihood, your business that you work so hard for. We're going to ruin you by telling you what you can and can't do. We're going to take your freedom of choice away and your potential customers we're going to take your freedom of choice away, too. Uh, that was the government pandemic that started in 2020. And U-Haul does note in their report here that growth for Texas and Florida saw a lot of growth. And guess what else Texas and Florida had? Remember, they were probably some of the most, uh, they were the states that allowed you more than any other states to be American. Uh, on a statewide level. I think Governor Parson handled it very well. He says, listen, it's up to local municipalities. And unfortunately, some local mi- municipalities here in mid-Missouri, um, you know, they, they, they took that freedom of choice away from you. Incidentally, Missouri on the list, uh, I was kind of surprised. Missouri's at number 15 last year. No, and typically, because I follow this every year, last year, Missouri was at 39 for growth from other Dang. states. Yeah. This year, they're number 15. That's Again, a big jump. It's a huge jump. And, and I'm wondering, is that pointing to political reasons? It's now, the marijuana stuff. <laughs> hey, guess what we can get in Missouri? Emo's Pizza, great barbecue, and weed. So back to the it's not a political thing. The states that people are leaving the most, this according to you, Hall, California, in Illinois.